Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Rain Whalen. Oh, you Wait. son of a bitch. You know what? You know what? It's fine. Cut it. Print it. Let's just keep going. Um, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> to, to make this episode truly... Uh, truly accurate and truly uh, uh, respective of the material uh, that we should have a mistake in there just keep it in um, except it's not a mistake you, you planned that didn't you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> uh, oh, oh my God. well then that would mean hopefully future rain would have the wherewithal to have also made a mistake by this point as well Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe oh there'll God. be some continuity errors or something. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut to one shot and I'll be in a jacket. That's right. <laughs> That's uh it's one of my favorite Bo Burnham jokes from his special before inside. Where he's like, Do you know what guy he's like, you know what continuity is, right? It's when in one shot it looks one way, and then another shot it's another way, and, and in that two second frame he's wearing a jacket and then he's not. That's funny. And he's like, Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god not bad I'm not uh, even that big of a fan of Burnham we know that uh, welcome back to the show everyone yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, before well before we get into it buddy um, I did just want to say this because uh, she was also kind of a big deal on the show as well um, if anyone remembers I'm pretty sure no one does but anyone remembers my cat Cora that would kind of chime in in those very early episodes of the show um, relative to this recording, uh, she passed away. Um, uh, from what my brother told me I guess there was some, I guess she, at some point she had gotten diabetes and there were some complications and sorry, I'm for <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. And also I, I told you earlier, I, I'm laughing because I didn't know cats could actually no. get diabetes. I used to joke that Ebenezer, my cat, is going to get diabetes because he's so fat. And it, they actually can get diabetes, and I didn't know that. I didn't know you can get I guess you like diabetes. Start, I guess you got to start taking them on walks now. Nope. It'll be like that vine. Y'all will be like just like dragging him across the, the grass. Yeah. The cat, you know, that cat's just like. Yeah, we've taken him outside before in a harness, and that's exactly what he does. So <laughs> he's just like, no. Like, uh-uh. uh, but yeah, everyone. Yeah, it's a bone, uh, man. Because I, Cora was super sweet, super nice. Um, when I would see her, and when she was still at your old apartment, I would, uh, I would go visit, and she would always sit with me and let me pet her, and she was super, super sweet. Maybe you could put up a picture, of course, so people know who, uh, what we're talking about. Um, yeah yeah because that yeah those are real early days yeah well it was real early days of the show no video so yeah people would people would yeah people would just hear her but yeah i didn't uh i mean i'm not trying to bum everyone out before we get into this but you know she she was our cat for i've if my father is correct 17 years it's a long time so that means we got her when I was 13 and my brother wow. was five, five or wow. six. So, yeah. hold on. so 
when you were 15, um, if anybody follows you on Instagram, um, you recently posted a picture of you meeting uh, that band. What was who, what was the band? Uh, so that band's called Crown the Empire. Okay. Um, I, I, I came across it a while back. That was the first concert, and maybe Future Rain will put up that photo. It was the first concert that Ashley and I ever attended as um, a couple. Uh, Cute. And, and those guys like they, they had, they were just about to pop off. Like they yeah. were really big in tech. They were like, like I'm being a hundred percent serious. Like they were really big. They were really big in Texas, which is where they're mm-hmm. from. They're from Dallas. Um, and when I, when we saw them all, all the, the only album they had to their names was an EP um called oh shit oh my god uh shut your fucking mouth um oh my god where are they oh shit uh it was called limitless and again hopefully future will put a picture of that but that's all they had it was just a seven a a seven song ep yeah and so when we signed, when we saw them, they had just signed to a label and they were about to go into the studio and start making their debut album. Uh, and, and then right after that, they popped off. But then as most bands in the early 2000s, they popped off and then they plateaued and they just kind of stayed right here. You know, I, I mean, am... they did just have a new. Go ahead. I was just gonna say they did just have a new album come out. Uh, it's all right from what I've heard. Like it's oh, not okay. like it's not like the greatest thing I've ever heard. But I mean it's it's all right. But you're a day oneer, bro. You're grind know, full, man. Uh, I'm following a band right now on TikTok of all places. Uh, Dexter and the Moon Rocks. Go go check them out. They're uh, they. <laughs> so the drummer started a TikTok uh, page where he would find videos of of like hot tattooed women and then put them up on a wall and eventually these these girls knew he was doing this and started lip syncing to their music um uh-huh and so it's uh so now he just uh he's keeping you up to date with who's the the pretty lady the pretty tattooed ladies on TikTok and then also like this whole reason is just for you to follow my, like go listen to our music. Like go check us out on Spotify, go check us out on this stuff. And now they're actually touring. They're doing like, uh, they're getting a pretty big following now. Cause, uh, cause they am so, uh, and they're not bad. Uh, Dexter maybe, and Moon Rock. maybe, maybe we should start a podcast for the tick uh, for or the TikTok for the maybe, podcast. Maybe, maybe we should. Cause it works. I'm, I mean, gotta get a gimmick, you know? I mean, I mean, uh, I have a personal TikTok that I've made a few TikToks to, and the one that yeah. blew up was the one, the supercut I made of all your intros for season seven. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe. But, yeah, maybe. Uh, Wait, how many views did that get? One of them was made by the shit, way. I don't, shit, I don't fucking know. I, mean, dude. I deleted right my now. TikTok app. Bad. Well, I deleted. I, I last time I checked, I think it was like seven hundred or something like that. What? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, almost, 
It's almost as much as our highest uh, watched episode on YouTube. It's like all of them, uh, the rest of them combined. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about, um, hang on. I had to look it up the last time I fucking said it. The 1994 uh, Tim Burton biopic. Uh, I think his, no, his first one for now. We'll get to his second one later on. Uh, But his first biopic, Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Um, Every time I I tell someone that's what we're doing, I emphasize Ed and Wood. Because it sounds like, if I don't, it sounds weird. So I'm like, Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Edward. Um, so buddy, so yeah. kind of going back to last season, you yeah. saw this, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was, what was your first impression? Uh, the first time you saw this? Um, I loved it. I loved the black and white cinematography. Um, I love the music, right? This is Howard Shore this time. It's not Danny Elfman, um, mm-hmm. which is unusual for Tim Burton, uh, to not, to not use Elfman for music. Um, loved it. Um, I loved um, a Martin Landau's performance as Bill Lugosi. Um, uh, yeah. At that time, I had seen it. I didn't know a lot about filmmaking, film history, uh, film production. Um, I just liked the tone and the atmosphere of it. I liked the... I loved the idea of this guy who's just so passionate about filmmaking that he just loves everything about it and so it doesn't matter how good or how bad it is in some instances he just likes doing it you know um which yeah. I, it, of course it matters a little bit um but um this time around um it was uh you know this is a good this is a good 2023 movie, you know, uh, it, because of who Ed Wood is and what his quirks are and Bill Murray's character. Um, and especially their first, um, the first feature length film that they make Glenn or Glenda, right. Um, mm-hmm. it's good for the time, you know? Uh, yeah, but I loved it. What did you think this time? Uh, this is your first time. Um, Yes, uh, I loved it too, man. Um, of course, you know, I love anything that Tim Burton does. Put that with an asterisk. Um, I refuse to watch Dumbo. Um, <laughs> just because from that first trailer, I knew like, uh, there's no way this is going to be good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm shielding myself from it to not taint my view of Tim Burton. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. Um, I mean, of course, you know, Johnny Depp, playing someone honestly so upbeat you know yeah was so was so different and so refreshing because i think we associate johnny <clears throat> with such um a dark range of characters um and which ed is, is which is ironic because he was so unbelievably depressed during the filmmaking of, for during the filming of this yeah. movie uh because he had just broken up with Winona Ryder um yeah so if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, 
we had discussed Edward Scissorhands and they were engaged in Edward Scissorhands by the end of that. And now in the beginning of Ed Wood, they're, uh, they are divorced or uh, broken up. Um, that crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, Here's oh, and you know, speaking make... of breakups, go ahead. I was just going to speaking, speaking of breakups, cause you mentioned this and, uh, uh, that, Elfman didn't do the sound of the soundtrack for this. Yeah. It's because this was during the little period of time. Cause I, I was like, I remember hearing about this and I double checked my shelf. This is during the period of time where Tim and Danny weren't talking. Oh. Um, because D- Danny was so upset, uh, with Tim essentially rolling over to the heads at Disney on, um, nightmare that mm-hmm. Danny was just so mad that he was like, I'm not working with you anymore. Wow. Well, I don't know if it was a, I'm not working with you anymore, but it definitely was. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking to you right now. So, cause then I'm 90% certain when we get to our, uh, my next pick, um, I think Elfman's back. Cause then they, they kind of made up. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Good. Yep. So, so yeah, so this before- is during, yeah, so before I – sorry. Um, I had to bring this up before we get too much into this and I forget. Uh, speaking of relationships on set, um, this is going to make you mad. Or at least it would make me mad um, because Tim Burton is so weird looking. But he was dating Lisa Marie at this time. Really? Yeah. Dude, yeah. okay. How How does he get – all of these women, you know, I don't because then after this, because I guess after Lisa, it's Helena, I guess. And then they and then they just broke up and now he's with Ava Green. No, like, yeah, one million, one million percent. That's why she's the lead in Miss Peregrine, because I think it was supposed to be. um Oh, no shit. My bad. It's it's Monica Bellucci. What? He's been dating her for the last year. I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. You see Monica Bellucci? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Monica Bellucci, irreversible Monica Bellucci. Yes, he's been Ma- dating her since last year. Used to be married to Vincent Cassell. Monica, or uh, Monica Bellucci. Yes, and she's dating Tim Burton. Okay. <laughs> but there is no excuse, guys. Fellas, if you're out there, <laughs> there is clearly no excuse. You know? Just try. Yeah. Just try. Um, <laughs> Anyway, oh, uh, now oh. that we're done, that is crazy. I didn't know that. Um, if you would please grace us with the quick synopsis, this won't take long. I shall. Ed Wood um, follows the the light. Well, the budding career of Edward D. Wood Jr. Um, and as Jeremy said, he is very passionate about movies and movie making. He doesn't care if they're good or bad. He just wants to make them. He'll take whatever job he will swindle 
anyone he needs to make false promises, do whatever he can, because he is just so, so passionate mm-hmm. about making movies. Um, that these are what are commonly referred to as B and then, of course, Z movies, very low budget, low tiered movies. But to Ed, uh, it's art, which, of course, I mean, good for him. Like, he doesn't care. This is this is what he wants. Um, And so we follow the movie primarily follows essentially two of his biggest movies. Um, his directorial debut, Glenn or Glinda, and apparently, arguably, what people have said is his quote-unquote best movie, uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Um, and, you know, the movie has some great old-school, old Hollywood uh, stories. Um, apparently, I meant to look this up, but I guess... Ed had a friendship with Bella Lugosi, um, which is insane. Yeah, um, and that's true. And that, uh, by the way, oh, that is they had they mm-hmm. like they were like best friends. I mean, I don't know about best I friends, mean, but they were friends. Yeah, uh, the I thing mean, that's... that isn't true is that no one went to his funeral. That's not true. There were a ton of people there at Bella Lugosi. I was gonna, I was gonna say, you mean to tell me the the man who pretty much gave the pedestal to Christopher Lee to play Dracula that no one was at his funeral. Yeah, no, there were tons of people there. Um, uh, Peter Lorre was one of the people at his funeral, you know? So shit. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's not true. But yes, Um, there were a lot of people there, but yeah, so that's uh, Ed Wood. I mean, we'll get into more of it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think, so I guess we'll go ahead and get into it. I feel like the reason why you and I like this so much is because it almost feels like in a way that Tim is not only doing a biopic, but he is almost like a, a kindred spirit with, with Ed in a way. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that because what, uh what similarities they have are, you know, a, a maybe sometimes not clear vision, but a, a clear, this is what I want, right? Sort of vision, mm-hmm. whether or not if it comes out correctly is, you know, up to interpretation, but uh, Tim Burton has a very unique style um, that even in something with a recognizable intellectual property like Batman, you can still see a lot of Tim Burton in that, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Pee Wee Herman's the same thing. Um, but Ed Wood, you know, his style was sort of just, you know, like they portrayed in the movie. It's just like, we got one take. That was good. You know, his style was yeah. like, yep, we got it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that his DP was like, do you want one more? No. Why? It was perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Let's go. Um, and and again, I, you know, the passion, of course, is there. I think for for both uh, filmmakers, but um, 
what I most loved about this movie is that, and Roger Ebert said it in his review, three and a half stars, by the way. Um, that's out of four. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's really good. Um, is that he's not making fun of, he's not making fun of Ed Wood. He's, you know, he's showing him in a realistic way, but also giving him respect, right? Uh, showing his passion, mm-hmm. showing his, his never wavering um, respect of filmmaking and, and his optimism, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, uh, the, I'm jumping way ahead, but when they're they're shooting uh, Bride of the Monster, um, and they have the octopus, and there's no motor, that would shut down a regular production for a day. Let's go get the motor. But he's like, we're already here, yeah. it, Bella. If you can just like move the arms around a little bit, all right, that'd be great. Thanks. You know, and he's yeah. happy again because you know he's. <laughs> it was it was such a small setback to him. And he's just like, it's okay. Uh, let's just go ahead and do this, this, and this, and we're fine. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. As where everyone else is like, well, where's the motor? Is There's yeah. no motor? Well, what are we going to do? Yeah. And he's just like, well, whatever. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll move the arms around. It'll be fine. You know? Um, yeah. Which I love. So, um, okay. Let's, what do I have in my notes here? Um, I have, we can go to that later. These aren't really in order. Um, I love that the opening is a parody of plan nine, right? Yeah. Uh, the opening tiles. I love that. Right. Yeah, sure. Unfortunately, it's got Jeffrey Jones in the beginning. Who cares? But, um, <laughs> but I love the opening. I love the, the tombstone thing. I love the, the, saucers on string i love the miniatures um that he and blends it perfectly with the opening shot uh, of johnny depp out in front of the theater um excellent work uh, excellent transition between the two um you know what it reminded me a lot of um it reminded me a lot of and i'm sure we talked about it when we did the movie uh the opening shot of beetlejuice of that yeah. seamless transition from the town to the miniature town. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was so good. And okay. So this part made me laugh and I'd forgot it was in the movie, but um, they put in a real world criticism for Sarah Jessica Parker. And she had to read, uh-huh. does my face really look like a horse? Um, and it made me, I completely forgot that was in there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, she has been criticized for years. Um, the joke is she has a horse face. Um, so I can hear your dogs. Sorry. Sorry if everyone can hear the dogs. Uh, whenever Ashley comes home for the day, she usually leaves the, um, the blinds open to the patio and, uh, the dogs like to bark at passerbys um but yeah no i i, I love that too because all i could think of was that fucking um seth mcfarland's cavalcade of comedy the whole like a horse walks into a bar and there's actually a horse in the bar uh, and it's being really aggressive towards the other drinkers they're like why do you have so many drinks he's like uh doy hooves no fucking fingers 
<laughs> and then they're like, hey, like we got off on the wrong foot. Like I'm Jim. This is Joe. Like, what's your name? And he's like, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> so good. But I like that she's now, I mean, there's confirmation she's aware of it, right? Uh, yeah. And they put that real world thing in the movie. I like that. Um, okay. So I love that we we are opening on Ed Wood showing his play. It's like an opening night for his play. Um and it's not very good, right? Um, yeah. But what I love is that, you know, he's a, he's on the side, you know, reciting every single line, right? Which will become a thing that he just does throughout the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's just showing that passion, right? It's, um, it's just, I don't know, man. It's very inspiring. Um, as terrible as his movies are, um, it's a commitment to a dream, right? Yeah. Full force, hundred percent commitment, right? Um, which again, I really, really liked and I really appreciated um, that they're not shying away from that, right? He's not just a bad, uh, a bad filmmaker, right? Um, he and, loves it. Yeah, and I was gonna say what what I found so interesting is that he. He doesn't see himself as a as a bad filmmaker, you know, no matter how many times, you know, he's told throughout the movie, it was the worst movie I've ever seen, you know, that kind of thing. He it it doesn't I mean, it gets him down. We have those few scenes where he's like, oh, like maybe they're right, but it doesn't it doesn't keep him from moving forward, Uh you know, He he probably, you know, he gets down for a little bit, but then he's like, all right, well, let's. Let's make a better movie then. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's down for like, uh, he's down for maybe like an hour, you know? And then he's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's just keep going. You know? Uh, And, and I think that's something that's also kind of refreshing. um, If if the real Edward was like that, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him, but you know, it's also refreshing for this genre of movie, a Mm -hmm. biopic um, as we did a whole two and a half hour episode over biopics years ago yeah um this you know anytime he would get down in a standard biopic you know he'd be down for the count for like the whole next act of the movie yeah yeah as where tim is like no you get this five minute scene he's feeling depressed all right we're moving on yeah yeah and it you know that's sort of the you know it's his philosophy of filmmaking which is like we got it cut print let's go right um, so things that I thought weren't very true turned out to be true, which is, uh, when he was in world war two, he actually did wear women's underwear underneath his uniform. Um, really? That is absolutely true. Yes. That's uh, yeah. then I would assume then what he said, uh, to George was true. You know, I wasn't afraid to get shot. I was afraid to get hurt. And they would yeah. take off my uniform. Yeah. So I would assume that would be true too then. I mean, I would assume. But it is, like, he confirmed that, that that's true. Um, which is crazy, right? Um, yeah. But again, like, that's just so interesting because it's, 
it's sort of like, I don't know. I, I love that it's this sort of like positive re- representation, right. Of, of these sort of, mm-hmm. uh, of these people with different, I don't know. Um, quirks. That's probably a bad word for it. Um, but you know, it, it's not even, I wouldn't even say it's part of his sexuality cause I, it might be in a sexual connotation, but really it's just that he just feels comfortable in it. Right. Uh, he yeah. has that, he has that throwaway line, which shouldn't have been thrown away, which is, uh, his mom made him dress wanted up a girl. And, yeah. And made him dress up in girly stuff. That's, that's psychologically important. Right. And that's why he feels comfortable in women's clothing. Um, mm-hmm. but I like that they, they really hammer down that it's, you know, he's not, he's not gay. He's not homosexual. He's not a transgender, like uh, Bill Murray's character. Um, he just likes it and he's comfortable in it and it makes him feel safe. Right. Um, yeah. Which does make him right to direct Glenn or Glenda. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, um, if you do look up Glenn or Glenda, or if you've seen it, maybe you have out there, who knows? Um, Tim Burton nailed it, nailed it. Um, the shot for shot stuff is perfect. Um, nice. Yeah. I was going to ask you, um, I was going to save it to later, but I'll go ahead and ask you now. Uh, have you seen any of Ed's actual movies? No. Um, doing like looking things up for this. Um, I looked up Glenn or Glenda, like just on IMDb and uh, they had still shots from the movie. And I mean, they look identical to, to what Tim Burton did. So he did a really good job. Um, Speaking of Lisa Marie is a perfect vampire. She looks exactly like her. It's, it's crazy. So speaking, speaking of vampire. So Mm -hmm. when, when they introduce her, I was like, and of course this gets answered at towards the end. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, Vampira. Don't is was, was this who Elvira was before this? And then at the very end, it's revealed that Elvira's yeah, completely different. And that but no Vampira. Yeah, yeah, but Vampire tried to sue her for stealing her thing. Sorry, unsuccessfully, um, apparently. Yeah, which um I was also going to say this till later, but that sounds crazy to me that she was unsuccessful in ensuing because it is the exact same thing. I don't, uh, you know, I don't understand why people wouldn't see that. That's not the same. Um, hosting, hosting horror movie nights, you know, in a, yeah. in a skin tight black dress that's low cut with black hair. How is that not the same thing? You know, their names are even yeah. similar. I don't know. Listen, I love Elvira. Um, I think she's awesome. Um, she's like, I've seen her in interviews. She seems super sweet, whatever. I don't know. She stole it. She stole the idea. She stole the shtick. <laughs> I don't see how she, uh, El, uh, Vampira didn't get money from that. She, um, she, she was Zuckerberging before Zuckerberg. As it seems. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, let's uh, let's transition a little bit uh, to Bela okay. Lugosi, um, oh, Martin man. Landau, Bela Lugosi. Um, after doing some research, I have issues. I have qualms. Um, okay. 
I didn't think it would have qualms. But it's a little thing, and I can see why it was done, but I don't... They I think I know have... what you're going to say. Yeah, they could have... Um... It was unnecessary to add it for fun, is his use of foul language. Um, yeah. Bella Lugosi swears a lot in this movie, and there are multiple... Uh, people who knew him that said he never swore. Like I don't, he'd never use cuss words. Like he, he, like that was a big thing for him. Like he wouldn't, uh, he considered himself a, a real gentleman and he wouldn't talk like that. And so I was like, well, then why do that? Then why change that? I, I understand that it's for comedic purposes. You don't expect him to talk this way. And then when he does, it's sort of like, oh, you know, um, yeah, fuck Boris Karloff. I don't care. Um, but, it seems like it it seems mean to to his memory to do that but that's my only issue with it um yeah i mean i did read that mm-hmm. um i didn't really have an issue with it per se i was just more like like oh okay but then yeah i did read that cuz even his son bella lugosi junior was like my dad never talked like that like he was very classy. He 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 never. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I agree. It was definitely for comedic pur- purposes because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. Dracula just said "fuck you," like, oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and, but yeah, no, you know, I, it's misrepresentation, right? Which I, I guess I have a problem with because if it were me, I would be, I'd be like, no, 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 that's not right. You know, it, it's almost like reading something that was written about you. That's blatantly not true like wouldn't you feel terrible about that you would want to fix it immediately yeah. um so i mean that i had a problem with i think martin landau's fucking awesome um and he deserved the academy award uh the second well, I- the first i think he was the first actor to ever win an academy award for playing another actor um mm-hmm. the second was Kate blanchett uh for the aviator uh, when she played Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say, you, you got to say it like uh, Quentin Tarantino, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I agree, man. Martin Landau killed it. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. Oh, okay. So this would be his, the first, first movie I've seen him in, but I loved it. You know, there's a lot I know about Bella Lugosi. Um, Cause I, I love the universal monsters. Um, yeah. I, I think definitely. there's so much, there's so much mythos surrounding all of those actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, as many people have probably seen, I'm going to try to get it in a good frame. Uh, well, you can't now I'll, I'll have future input of a picture. I have a picture or picture, a tattoo of the bride of Frankenstein played from uh, Frankenstein frankenstein 2 the bride of frankenstein um and i've been thinking about adding bella lugosi to my arm somewhere why not frankenstein um, with it well frankenstein's monster um yeah i mean i don't know no that's nothing against boris karloff i mean you know the man has a fucking grammy for the uh the the grinch who stole christmas soundtrack Um, I don't know, but it, it's just because I think Bella, 
especially Bella, and they really kind of touched on it a little bit, is the most mysterious actor mm-hmm. from from that old Hollywood um, time. You know, of course, I was kind of hoping they would have touched on it, but they didn't. You know, Bella's obsession with the occult, mm-hmm. um, which well, of course time he was too busy hooked on morphine. Uh, which is true. Uh, he actually did. He did go to rehab. He he did have a, a drug problem. Um, so that's true. And, you know, what, again, like I said in the beginning of the movie or the beginning of the show, that it is true that he and Ed Wood were friends. You know what I mean? Normally, mm-hmm. in a biopic, you would, uh, you would sort of fictionalize a friendship to move the story along. Uh, for instance, um, uh, Paul Avery and um, oh shit, what is his name? He wrote the book in Zodiac. Uh, uh, Jake Joel Hosker. Oh shit. Um, Whatever. Oh, yeah. I know. Now it's gonna drive me fucking crazy because uh, I've seen that movie a hundred times and <laughs> can't remember his goddamn name. Uh, relax. Shut up. Uh, but anyway, um, they were they weren't friends right uh, in real life um yeah i because we talked about that when we did that they they just knew of one another right yes um hold on it's pulling up robert graysmith um ah. the apollo avery and robert graysmith were not friends right however uh, for the movie to to work and to move the story along and to interconnect plot points they had to be friends right right you would think the same thing is happening here because like how would ed wood even meet Lugosi? like that doesn't make any sense and you know maybe yes they work together but they weren't really friends that's not true they were friends um which is pretty cool uh to think about yeah i yeah yeah i just assumed it was fake and then when i read it wasn't i was like oh shit look at that yeah. well you know and it's also you know i could see why you might think it's fake because you know sure maybe during this time you know it's true that bill lugosi had sort of fallen out of the public eye but you know i mean maybe i'm looking at it through the lens of like today mm-hmm. but like you know why would an actor of his stature want to agree to be in a movie like uh glenn or glinda and um bride of the monster you know mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it almost seems sort of beneath him, but at the same time, he also shares a passion of filmmaking, uh, which I think is what draws Edward to him. Uh, and also I think it's more of a, I'll do anything like to, to be in a movie game. Yeah. Kind of, you know, he is, there's some desperation there, uh, financial need, um, but mm-hmm. then of course you're right, a shared passion for filmmaking and for telling stories. Right. Um, God, I just can't tell you how much I love just Ed Wood's attitude towards filmmaking. It's, it's fun, you know? Um, yeah, it's, I would say, I would say it's almost, it would be like the three of us, you, me and Alex, the three of us, our love of and passion of filmmaking all bottled into one essentially. Yeah. Um, but unlike Ed, I think the three of us do care about quality. 
Now, I think he does care about quality in in a way because he wants people to like it, right? He's he's upset when people don't like it. But right. what he's lacking is is attention to detail. <laughs> you know? He's yeah. thinking big picture. He's yeah. thinking, oh, people aren't going to notice that. All they care about is he thinks people see movies the way he does, which is he just loves seeing movies, right? I don't think... Mm-hmm. Wood is paying attention to small details when he goes to see a movie, right? When he watches Citizen Kane, which is his favorite movie by his favorite filmmaker, I, I think he doesn't pay attention to little things um, uh, and intricacies in, in the film. He just loves the the overall big picture stuff and and the the rise and fall of um, of Kane, and I don't think he cares about how slick it was and how perfectly put together citizen Kane is. Um, he's just like Robert Foster Kane is an amazing character and that's all I care about. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and I mean, and it's almost, and I love, and I love that you brought that up too, because you know, in, in, in sort of a, a bit of indirect, uh, um, inspiration, you know, mm-hmm. in the film, which, of course, I don't know if you wrote this down or if you looked up that it's true or not. You know, when I didn't see if it was meets true. Orson. OK, you know, he meets Orson Wells in the movie, which, uh, man, shout out to Vincent D'Onofrio, dude. I love that guy well, so much. I do, too. But hold on. Keep going. Well, no, I know. I know. I know that okay. even though he looks almost identical to how yeah. Orson Wells looked during that time. Uh, I did read that Tim was very disappointed in his vocal yeah. uh, interpretation of Orson Welles. So he got dubbed um, by a different Dude, actor. Once you know, it's so obvious and off-putting. <laughs> I know, and dude. I, because there's, there are, there are tiny moments where his mouth and the words don't match up properly and gonna, then the cadence of it uh-huh. doesn't match. I'm, I'm going to pretend that it's like that because Ed Wood wouldn't care if they matched up perfectly. So it's it's part of the yeah. the sort of overall theme of the movie, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but uh, but anyway, so I was just bringing that up because you know he meets, as you said, his favorite filmmaker of his favorite movie. And Orson, of course, Orson doesn't really know who this guy is, but once again, kind of like with Bella, a shared passion yes. of filmmaking and Orson sort of indirectly inspires him yeah. to do it your way. Who cares what they say? Do it your what? way. What What was so funny about that interaction is Orson is talking about real life studio filmmaking and and Ed Wood is talking about he's getting the money from these Baptists, um, you know, but they're using similar words. And so one thinks that they might – Ed also knows that he is talking about real-life studio filmmaking like Warner Brothers, right? Orson uh-huh. also probably thinks Ed Wood is talking about big studio filmmaking like Universal or whatever. Only Ed knows he's talking about 
those Baptists that he got the money from, right? It's so funny. Yeah. This sort of, they're having, they're almost having two different conversations. It's the same conversation, but, you know, they're using words that they're defining differently. And I, I just love how that played out. Also, do you know, I know because I wrote it down and I've seen the movie before. Do you know what movie he was talking about with Charlton Heston? Give me a second. Okay. I'm not going to look it up. Oh. Um, Spartacus? Nope. So, no. um, Orson Welles. Hang on, wait, give me one more. Yeah. All I can think of, the only movie that popped into my head was Chariots of Fire. No. So, okay. um, Orson Welles is referring to, and they did do it. Charlton Heston does play a Mexican detective in Touch of Evil, um, which is what the movie is talking about. Uh, so <laughs> I like that if you knew what Touch of Evil was, you're like, yep, and they did it. They they, they sure did. He's in brown face in that whole movie. Um, Janet Lee is also in the movie. Because Orson didn't want to do, he didn't want Charlton Heston, but the producers were like, too bad. According to this movie, I don't know how real that is. Um, yeah, the, the producers like that Charlton Heston. He's so hot right now. <laughs> Just going around with the with a razor scooter in his backpack. Yeah, that yeah. is Charlton Heston. One of my f- that's my favorite reoccurring bit in that whole movie. Hansel's <laughs> so hot right now. Oh my god. Um. Okay, so. And let's see what else did I write? Okay, down? well, so you you keep well, while you're looking at that you you talked about your qualms. I want to bring up my qualm because I did also have one qualm with the movie. Okay, um, my qualm is why do you think they didn't touch on his alcoholism? Because I did read that Dolores, um, his his girlfriend, who's played by Sarah Jessica Parker. Dolores didn't leave him because of the cross-dressing. Mm-hmm. She left him because of his alcoholism. She actually apparently, from what I read, was more okay with it than how they portrayed it in the movie. Mm-hmm. But she left him because of his of his drinking, that it was getting out of control. Okay, so cool. I like that we're asking each other questions. This is more fun. So I have some <laughs> answers. Okay. I have some answers. So maybe they need to, they're telling a certain story, right? Tim Burton is telling a specific story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a, um, a screenwriting teacher, um, or he might've been a playwright. Uh, he was, he teaches playwriting or he teaches uh, screenwriting. And when telling a true story, he says that um, saying you're writing something because it's true um is that's not good enough right i don't care if it's true is it interesting or does it move the plot forward right if those answers are no take it out right i don't care if it's mm. accurate it doesn't matter right so what which is kind of weird to think about right because you want to be accurate you want to tell a a story with as much truth and um and as much honesty as you can but sorry, God, my emails keep going up. But the but the fact that you know 
real life doesn't flow in a in in a singular tone or a, a through line of plot right so right so to have her dolores uh, to have her leave ed because number one she didn't like the cross-dressing number two she didn't like the filmmaking she didn't like the work right she thought that he makes crap movies and he she doesn't like that i think it's to juxtapose her with kathy is her name um mm, yeah later right because she's the opposite right um mm-hmm. she she loves that she loves the optimism she loves the passion she loves that he's chasing a dream no matter what she loves that he's putting all of himself into something and it doesn't matter it almost doesn't matter what the outcome is. Of course it kind of does, but in a way it's like, we did it right. And of course she doesn't mind right. the cross-dressing, right? We, um, you know, all she cares about is he's still attracted to her and that's all that matters. Right. Um, right. And I think it's because we want there to be an exact opposite, right? We want to feel good about who he ends up with for the rest of his life, which is what happens in real life. Um, mm-hmm. that part is true that they stay together until his death and she never remarries um, I, I, I do think that it's just you know we need opposites his alcoholism okay. doesn't fit the the narrative that Tim Burton wants to tell about uh, about Ed Wood right Edward, right. he wants to focus on passion, optimism, perseverance, um, and filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can do we we can do substance abuse with Bella Lugosi because that's really important to his character's arc or his character's story, right? Right. To have two characters with substance abuse, I don't know if that works, right? So right. that was a long way yeah. of saying it's because it's not important. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like when I say qualm, I mean, like it didn't take me out of the movie in any way. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, but, but why wouldn't they have touched on it? I mean, and they, they kind of do when like, you know, towards the end of the movie, when he storms out of the plan nine set and he goes, first thing he goes to is a bar, Yeah, you know? So they do kind of touch on it, but I was just like, you know, why wouldn't they, but then again, you know, this is the 90s. I'm sure, you know, we've seen biopics by this point of substance abuse. Sure, you know, all so. of them by that time. Yeah. Um, it's just not, it's not interesting nor important to to this story of Edward, right? Right. Uh, that would be my answer. Now, I'm also not sure about the rivalry between Dolores and that other woman. I don't remember her name. Neither uh, do I a rivalry for his affection or his attention uh, that I'm not sure about. Um, didn't see anything about that. Um, a vampire story makes me sad. Um, because that's a successful gig, you know, the, the being mm-hmm. the host of, uh, of this late night monster movie show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, she doesn't like it, right? Because it's not fulfilling and it's not any good. Um, 
probably better than what she ended up doing, which is making movies with Ed Wood. Um, but, <laughs> but, and you know, it, fucking shit. It's the, it, it, dude, when we see her at that party and she's not wearing her black hair or her eyebrows, I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. this is Elvira. Elvira stole all of this because she looks nothing like Elvira any also. Right. Um, she right. doesn't have, she has red hair. Right. Um, you know, she doesn't dress like that outside of, you know, the, the character. She, she, they fucking stole it. She might not have herself, <laughs> but you know, it, you have to be blind not to see that it's the same character. And that still drives me crazy. Um, well, and well, and what's so interesting too, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but Elvira has had longevity. You know, yes. I, I, I never knew of Vampira until until this movie. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, Elvira, well, Elvira. She clearly Elvira had the show. Elvira had specials. Elvira had movies, right? Um, yeah. And she, I forgot her name, um, but she's even like on Shutter's hundred greatest, you know, movie scares, or she's on the History of Horror show. I mean, she's still doing stuff in in terms of with Elvira. She's not dressed as Elvira, but she's, you know, there as one of the horror experts talking about, you know, the, the yeah. movies. And so she did a better job with, with her career and how that trajectory went. But um, it's the same fucking thing. Man. I don't, you know, she must've had a horrible lawyer. Uh, uh, vampire did um yeah because if if anybody knows or if anybody does more research than i did which is zero um and can tell me what what went wrong for vampire let me know uh that'd be great zach get on it um i you know he's pro- he probably has already come up with the answer and probably hopefully maybe by this point he's already texted you like dude this is this is why yeah yeah, yeah. By this time tomorrow, he'll give me an answer. Uh, that'd be yeah. great. Um, so something I wrote down was this movie is the the first thing I wrote down was the word nostalgic. This movie is nostalgic, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. For me, okay. personally, is nostalgic because especially the opening and the music reminds me of every like kids Halloween special I've ever seen on like Disney channel, Nickelodeon um, all that stuff. This is like the vibe it gives off. Right. Um, oh, the, okay. the stormy night, the rain, the, the theremin and the music. Um, it's, it's very campy and over the top, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's like some Donald duck shorts, um, Halloween shorts that are like this, that are really good. Uh, Mickey Mouse has some. Um, yeah. Any Disney Channel horror movie, um, you know, Mom's on Date with a Vampire, fucking Under Wraps, Halloween Town, of course. You know. Yeah, dude. Phantom of the Megaplex. Don't look under the bed. These are just examples. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's very nostalgic, right? 
and again the yeah. whites and photography is very cool um the the opening monologue that jeffrey jones gives is reminiscent of the one that his character's character gives uh in plan yeah. nine from outer space um which i really liked the only character i didn't know a lot about and he was fleshed out for the movie just because it's bill murray is bill murray's character um yeah uh, well, I just looked it up, too, because, you know, in the where are they now part of the the end of the movie, you know, it said that he still does something. I don't well, remember. in 94. Um, yeah, but he died two years later. He died in 96. Damn. Um, but, uh, yeah. He. Uh, so he was just like a friend of Ed Woods. Like, what did he do? Do you know? Okay. Uh, I mean, I could I could probably look it up right now, but then people would just be that's fine. It's sort of hear, ambiguous. Hearing silence. It's ambiguous and it's not important, right, to the story. Who cares what he does? He's able to get him transvestites when he needs transvestites. So I was gonna say I I, I feel like yeah I feel like he's 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 like he's Ed's you know main contact. Like you know people. This mm-hmm. is what I need. Get me what I need. And he's not, he wasn't supposed to be in the movie that much, but Bill Murray is so Bill Murray that, you know, you can't, you can't take your eyes off him. He's just so compelling. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to pull a quantum mania and use him for one fucking scene. Sure. Yeah. Um, Have you still not seen quantum mania? Who fucking cares? Um, he's in it for like a grand total of like 10 minutes and then he's gone. Yeah. That's not enough time for Bill Murray. Even though they, even though they highly, they highly like promoted the fact that he was in the movie, uh-huh. and then he's in it for like ten minutes. Yeah, I mean that's, that's very I mean, disappointed. When marketing goes wrong, you know, marketing it makes a big difference. Uh, I was just talking about that today. Uh, we had a few students uh, stop by our table. I went to Allen High School today, um, and you know there were students that wanted to do marketing, and I go, well, that's I mean, have fun, but you know, be careful, <laughs> you know. Don't misrepresent something. I didn't really tell him that, but it's important, right? Um, yeah. That. Yeah, man. I. Good. I and I and I love seeing Bill Murray in this new kind of way, as, as sort of a secondary character, but so. But in his own own view, he's the main character. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, Bunny, his is his nickname, Bunny. That's how he is, you know. Ed, you know, obviously we're gonna follow Ed. Yeah, of course. But anytime Bill is in a scene, he he steals every scene. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of that is the wardrobe. So with this sort of cinematography, uh, his outfits just pop off the screen because they're so bright, right? And his hair and his family. I, mean, I wonder if they because they caked on makeup for Bella Lugosi, uh, for Martin Landau. Um, they put him a very unnaturally white face to have it, to have it sort of um, resonate on screen, right? To make it mm-hmm. seem a little more otherworldly, because um, uh, that's how Ed sees him is you know this sort of I can't believe I'm talking to Bill Lugosi right now. Um, it sort of gives him a ghoulish sort of a, an effect. The same is almost for Bunny because he's you know. He's like radioactive, bright on, on screen. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see what else we have. Um, talked about the music. So good. Um, Howard Shore. Great choice for this. Um, yeah, if anyone wants another really good example, watch all the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Yeah. Howard Shore is amazing. <laughs> he did... Um, Howard Shore did the music for, I think, the Dark Knight trilogy as well. No. No? Was Hans Who was Zimmer. that? Hans Zimmer. You're right. I got him confused. Um, sorry, don't come at me in the comments. Um, it's my bad. How could you not know? Type, type, type. I'm mad. Type, 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 All right, let's see. What else? I have nothing else really that important. I like the fact that they bring up Christine Jorgensen as a real-life example of gender reassignment, which I really liked, and how that was big at the time, and how how because of that, that's why they wanted to make a sex change movie. Um, but I also liked that this, when he makes Glenn or Glenda, all right, let's go back to that. Okay. When he makes Glenn or Glenda, the, the producer wants it in four days, right? He wants it shot in four days, which is insane, right? Um, yeah. To have a feature length film shot in that amount of time. It almost infers, well, this is the only way Ed Wood knows how to make movies now, you know? Yeah, because mm-hmm. he feels like it's almost, he's setting the standard, like, for how Ed Wood's going to make movies, right? Like, right. I need a shot quickly. I need it, you know, I, I need it in four days. Um, you know, I don't, I make crap. I don't care if it's good. Right. Um, right. It's so, I think that's what prompts, you know, Edward to, you know, do a scene, do a shot one and done. We got it. Let's go. Right. Um, right. I don't know if that's really how he learned how to make movies was just, you know, um, begging to make a movie for a low, a low budget production company, them miraculously saying yes, him figuring it out while he's doing it, you know, and then doing yeah. it very quickly, right? Coming up with something, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and then that's it, right? That's filmmaking. Uh, to Edward, right? Uh, I love yeah. his use of stock footage. He's like stock footage is useful and you know, should be used more in movies and just making up stuff just to fit with the stock footage he already has. Right. Yeah. Um, Which I liked. It's his sort of like, it's his optimism and it's his sort of his go getter attitude, which is just, I have the stock footage. It's got an octopus in it. I guess we're putting an octopus in this movie. Um, So we'll figure it out. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What else do you got? Well, I mean, I don't know if I do have anything else, man. Like I just, I really, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um, as you said last week, everyone was on, on point, you know, of course, Johnny was great. Um, 
I feel like he really shines the most when he's with Tim. Um, and it, it was just like uh, last week with Edward Scissorhands. This didn't feel like a Tim Burton movie, but just like with Batman, there are those Burtonisms yeah. that kind of shine through a little bit. Yeah, this one's got know. a bunch of them because it's got that spooky overtone in some parts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is just Tim Burton is just a spooky guy, so it, it works perfectly, you know. Um, yeah. And I can't praise Martin Landau enough. I think he's amazing. Um, things you need to see him in because you said you hadn't. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure here. Well, there while is a, you there is a movie, stuff off. There is a movie that isn't well received that is about movies in a way with Martin Landau that I love. And it is called the majestic. It's with, uh, it's with Jim Carrey. Uh, this is Frank Darabont. Um, it's after Jim so, Carrey had done, uh, the Truman show and he's, he's wanting to do another dramatic role and he, they did the majestic and I think it's good. It's not well received at all. Um, people really don't like it. I do. So that's a good one. So, well, I actually have seen another movie of his. Go ahead. Is it going to be stupid? It's no, okay. it's going to be another one. We're going to talk about later this season. He was in sleepy hollow. Oh, I don't remember him in sleepy hollow. Um, let's see what he was credited as. Lisa Marie's in that one. Just so you know. Good God, is he at the bottom? Oh, he is uncredited as Peter Van Garrett. Okay. See, I don't remember that either, but... Anyway. Well, buddy, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I guess so. Yeah, I've I've sort of run out of things, at least uh, off the top of my head. I can't think of anything else. Um, Again, if you haven't seen it, we hopefully haven't ruined too much of it. Please go see it. Um, you can get a copy at Best Buy, maybe still. Um, yeah, I've had mine for years, so I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Just I, I love it. It's a, it's a fun. It, it most times feel good movie, you know. Um, I will yeah. end with this, and I don't know if it's true, but I love telling people, and it's a good segue. Peter Lorre uh, was at Bella Lugosi's funeral. And there was some other actors there. It wasn't nearly as small as the movie made it sound or made it look, right? There were much, there was the mm-hmm. movie I talked about. There's a lot of people there. Uh, Peter Lorre goes up to the <laughs> goes up to the casket and notices that he's in his cape, um, which is true. He was buried. Uh, Bella goes. He was buried in his Dracula cape. Um, he looks over to the people beside him and he goes, "Should we drive a stake through his heart just in case?" Um, <laughs> uh, um, anyway, I don't know if that's true, but I like, I, I like the, uh, I like the way it sounds and I, and I hope it's true. Um, so next week, next week, um, this has been a long time coming, at least for me. I, you know, this is as of right now, my favorite movie of all time. Uh, next week, yeah, we but it was just. Um, what I was just gonna say, uh, I was gonna ask you what we're doing next week, so yeah. So, next week, 
uh, we are discussing Fritz Lang's uh, 1931 M, uh, starring Peter Lorre. Um, yes. Uh, as I mentioned after we uh, finished up with Spies last week, uh, this one I have seen. Because um, yeah. when you really started getting me into, and everyone could see, people listening, you can't see, but uh, when you got me into the Criterion mm-hmm. collection, uh, that was one of the ones you said I had to get. I had to get M. And so I remember getting it in and I was like, all right, well, how, what, what is this movie that Jeremy uh, is just raving about? And I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and of course, the big thing for me, uh, especially now, it has sound. Yes. Yes, it has sound. Um, a little tease uh, for next week, a little um, a little bit of film studies for you. Um, the aspect ratio is sort of squished in a bit. Um, so it's almost a perfect square. Um, mm. Because the soundtrack, like most new technologies, it was big, right? And so the soundtrack right. being on either side, it was so big that it squishes the the aspect ratio a little bit. Um, mm. So that's sort of fun. Um Think of it like Zach Morris and his cell phone. You know how humongous that thing was. Uh, this is uh, sort of the same thing, you know. So it's going to feel a little claustrophobic, which is good because that's what it needs uh, for this film. Um, you can, I believe, still watch it on HBO. I know we never do this, by the way. Why don't we ever tell people where to watch it on our? Um, well, because I think we forget, and I think we, we assume do. that most people probably have it too. Yeah, which we shouldn't assume that. Um, people listen to us in Afghanistan or wherever it is. I don't know if they can get uh, criterions in Afghanistan. Um, or Iraq or who, wherever they listen to us. Um, so you can watch on HBO Max, I think still. Um, definitely on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Or buy it, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't have to get it on the Criterion Collection. It helps because it's cool. But um, those of you abroad, if you uh, live in a Region B place, you can get it on the Masters of Cinema Collection from Eureka, um, which I had to tell Rain not to buy so he can actually watch the movies because um, they are region locked. That's sort of not important, but it is at the same time um yeah that's about it uh i'm excited very much so uh i love this movie very much peter lorry is astounding in it he's terrifying um and again yes there is sound so it is still in german but there is yeah yeah uh i agree i can't wait to talk about it man um and can't wait to actually hear a Fritz Lang movie. <laughs> Hear someone actually speak in a Fritz Lang movie. Yeah. Yeah. But. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed Ed Wood, and we will see you next week for M. <laughs>